Welcome to Texoga Talks, where energy meets insight. The purpose of this podcast is to provide you with a candid conversation about our energy needs, our energy security, and your energy future. Texas oil and natural gas have made our nation the world's energy leader. Constantly innovating and investing to fuel the economy, protect the environment, and power the world. This industry is fast-paced, high-tech, and essential to improving modern life. And we're here to talk about it. You're listening to Texoga Talks, where energy meets inside. Hello, I'm Todd Staples with the Texas Oil and Gas Association, welcoming you to Texoga Talks, where we'll have a candid conversation about our energy needs and our energy future. Very glad today to have this conversation with Shana Joyce, also with the Texas Oil and Gas Association. It's great to be here, Todd. I I think we have some really great big numbers to talk about today that are record-breaking, and I'm excited to to dive into those. Well, I am too. We're right here on the steps of the Texas State Capitol, and oil and natural gas is having an unbelievable impact on our state's economy. That's right, and um, it's funny because... 2023 was such a big year for these types of numbers that now we effectively rewrote him again. Here we are in 2024. We thought 2023 was a big year, and it was, but we've got big news today. And the real big news is this. American energy leadership starts in Texas. Our state, our nation, our environment, our world is made better because of what's happening right here in the Lone Star State in Texas oil and natural gas. It's improving everything, Shana, and it's really big numbers. So, Todd, what is this big groundbreaking number that Texoga announced today? In fiscal year 2023, it was a record-breaking blockbuster year because oil and natural gas paid $26.3 billion in state and local taxes and state royalties, shattering last year's records, setting new fronts, uh, unbelievable accomplishments. And so let's shed a little bit of light on that number for our listeners. So the $26.3 billion in Texas oil and natural gas state and local taxes exceeded the total general revenue funds for 36 states in fiscal year 2023. That figure is also more than three times the entire budget for the state of New Mexico. Shana, that's that's really when you think about 36 states, that's almost three quarters of the entire states in the United States of America that Texas oil and gas paid more just in state and local taxes and state royalties than their entire budgets for the year. That's a reflection of the importance of oil and natural gas. And I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here and do a little Aggie math. Okay. But that $26.3 billion equates to about $72 million a day that's funding our public schools, it's funding our roads, it's funding our universities, it's, it's, it's funding our essential services, and so much more. That's right. And so state and local sales tax paid by the industry rose $1.6 billion. And so that's an indicator that our industry is growing and it's, it's continuing to invest in our state. Property taxes paid by the industry rose another $1.8 billion as property values of oil and natural gas bearing mineral properties more than doubled in a single year. And so that means that Texas oil and natural gas producers are expanding into new fields and they're exploring more. Texas school districts received $2.8 
$1 billion in property taxes from those mineral properties, and counties received an additional $885.6 million in property taxes. As in years past, the public education continues to get money from the oil and natural gas industry. And so we we know that these uh, dollars are invested into two different funds. Can you talk to me a little bit about those funds? Sure. We're, what Shane is talking about is the permanent school fund and the permanent university fund. These are both constitutionally dedicated amounts. And Shana, these, keep in mind, you mentioned numbers previously that went directly to the school districts. These are royalties that are paid into these funds from the state. The permanent school fund is used to help meet the basic, the basic daily allotment of schools. And then the permanent university fund funds our two states' uh, flagship universities, Texas A&M and the University of Texas. It's not a fair even split. I got to complain just a moment. The Longhorns got two-thirds. Aggies got one-third. My Longhorn friends tease me that it's because Aggies got first choice. I find that highly offensive. So, uh, But it's big numbers, and it really does make a big difference when it comes to funding public education and, and universities. Absolutely. And so each of those funds, the Permanent School Fund and the Permanent University Fund, both received $1.8 billion. And so that's the second highest amount um, on record, um, which was more than double in 2021. Yes, and those dollars uh, are, are not the only things. We also fund other constitutionally dedicated funds as a result of oil and natural gas. So we want to touch on that. So, you know, we hear a lot about the rainy day fund when we talk about state policy and we talk about um, politics. We what, what are they going to do during the legislative session? We have all this excess money. So as a former legislator, I was hoping you could shed a little bit of light for our listeners about what is the rainy day fund and what does our what does our state do with that money? So our, our state's rainy day fund is essentially the state's savings account. Technically, it's referred to as the economic stabilization fund. It was created uh, I believe at the end of the 80s, early 90s, constitutionally dedicated. And so dollars are taken from severance taxes and placed directly in that. And that fund has, has been the, the source of oil and gas dollars, have been the source of meeting retired teachers' needs, of road funding issues. There's been some uh, disaster response that has come from those funds. A lot of different good uses that come from our state's rainy day fund. So our state's rainy day fund has received over $31.2 billion from oil and natural gas production taxes since its inception in 1987. And so year in and year out, multi-billion dollar tax revenues from oil and natural gas industry go to work for the people of Texas and fortifies our state's economy. It, it does. And since 2007, which is the first year that Texoga started compiling all this data, uh, the Texas oil and natural gas industry has paid more than $230.3 billion in state and local taxes and state royalties. That, that number is astounding. So, T.S., I wanted to point out that this figure of $26.3 billion doesn't include payroll. Um, and that's the payroll of oil and gas jobs in Texas. That's, that's right, Shana. The $26.3 billion is all that we can count. But it doesn't count a lot of other things that oil and gas pay for. For example, there's downtown office buildings all throughout Texas where companies are housed, but those have don't have class codes that you can specifically identify that's paid for by oil and gas. Similarly, personal property, you can't tell a, a, a one-ton diesel truck on the tax rolls, you know, different than what might be used in another business. But you mentioned payroll. I mean, 
480,000 Texans, more than 480, have a direct paycheck from oil and gas. Those are millions of people that are influenced by oil and gas, and their lives are benefited because of those are families. And the payroll for oil and gas is like $124,000 on average of what they're receiving. None of that's included in the $26.3 billion. So, Todd, we've talked a lot about economic numbers that are kind of blowing my mind today, but let's talk about some production numbers. So we've seen a lot of success in Texas this year, this past year. So let's let's talk about those. So all of these economic numbers that we're discussing simply could not be possible without record-breaking production that has surpassed the previous goals that we set. Uh, I'll give you some of those examples, Shana. Texas hit production records uh, multiple months in 2023, but the high point, the pinnacle, was in October of 2023 where we produced 5.6 million barrels per day of crude oil. And put that in context, that's 42% of the nation's total right here in the Lone Star State. That's the nation's total. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying almost half, right? A new record highs were also met in natural gas production. It occurred in several months. Again, different records were broken, but again, October was the big month. And in the month of October 2023, it eclipsed 1 trillion cubic feet during a single month, accounting for nearly 30% of the U.S. total production of natural gas. That That's awesome. So those are kind of some upstream numbers. Let's mm -hmm. talk about some downstream numbers. So Texas refineries uh, set two new processing records in 2023. July, Texas refineries produced, uh, processed more than 5.6 million barrels of crude oil per day. And October, since you've talked about some October numbers, we've got an October stat down here too. So in October, 3.4 million barrels per day of natural gas liquids were produced and then used in Texas refineries. So both of these quantities um, were the highest on record for any month since 1981, according to EIA. So Texas also broke records for in-state crude oil supply and crude oil and condensate exports for last year. So after accounting for both of these direct and indirect benefits to the economy, the Texas oil and natural gas industry supported $751 billion. That's three quarters of a trillion dollars and 34.5% of total private sector Texas gross state product. I mean, it's been a while since I've taken economic classes, longer than I want to admit on, on, on the public airwaves here today. But the gross state product is kind of like the, the, the gross domestic product for our nation, but it's for Texas. And Texas economy on its own is like a $2 trillion economy with the eighth largest economy in the world. So for oil and gas to be 34.5%, is a really big number of the private sector gross state products. Just amazing. That's right. These numbers are staggering that we just talked about, all the production numbers. And it's even more impressive with the fact that while the U.S. is the world's number one producer of oil and gas, led by us, of course, Texas, we also lead the world in emission reductions. So let's talk a little bit about the environmental progress of our industry. Shannon, no one produces, transports, and refines oil and natural gas with the same commitment to safety and protecting the environment as American producers do. And, and our facts back up this statement. I've watched you actually lead a group that I, you ought to really talk about today because this has been impactful in meeting these environmental goals that have been set by so many companies. That's right. In Texas, we have the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition. It's a coalition uh, led by state trade organizations that are oil and gas focused and by member companies. 
And it's all in efforts to reduce flaring, which we've seen those numbers, and reduce emissions. And um, we encourage you to check out more on the Texas Methane and Flaring Coalition website. Um, but we also have national organizations like the Environmental Partnership that our members are a part of. And they're doing a lot to reduce emissions, to replace pneumatic controllers, and making small changes across your entire entire operations will help reduce those emissions even further than we are. Plus, on top of that, technology. Technology is changing the way um, and leading the way for environmental progress. All of these records that we've been discussing here today, the production records, the economic records, Shane, I am concerned that there are roadblocks that are being thrown out of Washington, D.C. And, and I'm not trying to be political here, but it's just a reality that, that we see because we have world-leading environmental efforts occurring right here in the Lone Star State and in America that's responsible for these great things that are benefiting lives and benefiting so many people, but they're all in jeopardy. And I'll give you just an example of a few of them. Delayed permits, uh, canceled pipeline projects, closed or delayed federal leases. We've recently heard about open-ended delays for LNG export project approvals by halting federal export permits that are needed. And this, this has a rippling effect that backs up a lot of projects. And it's, it's very concerning. Uh, we have slow playing of state primacy for permitting of carbon storage wells. You just have a bunch of incoherent and inconsistent regulations that slow down and discourage robust energy investments in the environment. And I'll tell you, Shana, these ill-conceived policies hurt American consumers. They stifle our ability to deliver energy freedom and security around the world. And the timing simply couldn't be worse. Texas is the most pro-oil and gas state in the nation. But, you know, we have our own set of challenges, I think. And, and, and these challenges could also set back job creation and the good things that are being done. So from a state perspective, what are some of those challenges? I'm off the top of my head, I'm I'm thinking maybe pipeline expansion. Um that, that factors into flaring when we talk about flaring. Um sometimes that takeaway isn't there, but what are some other ones that are top of mind for you? Well, I mean, pipeline infrastructure is important because you can't move product to market without that. Um I you know, I read not too long ago where a pipeline was built from a terminal to uh Austin Bergstrom Airport. To, for aviation fuel. And that pipeline took a bunch of trucks off the road. And hey, if you drive in Austin, Texas, you want vehicles off the road because it's it's pretty crowded. So that's one example. But here's a really big one. Permian Basin producers, they need infrastructure and they need more power generation as they electrify their operations. I can't think of any other major industry that is totally dependent on electrical uh, needs from generators. Uh, to meet their electricity needs. And I want to I want to pause there because I want to make an important point. These are generators that are like fueled by diesel. They can be fueled by diesel, they can be fueled by gasoline, they can be fueled by natural gas, but it's a temporary solution because we all get our power from our electrical grid, our wires and poles, mm -hmm. and that's what we need for the Permian Basin to continue to grow, to meet their growth needs and to also lower their emissions profile which their customers have asked them to do. And so we, we, we need those. We need cost-effective power generation as well that is transparent, that um, balances the, the need for dispatchable power. We need incentives for more dispatchable power. 
uh, to keep up with the energy needs that we have in Texas. And that would be something like the Texas Energy Fund. Yep. Which but voters, hey, good. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that's something Texoga um, definitely supported during the last legislative session. Voters approved it. And now it's being implemented, which is really great for our state. It is. It's good news for everyone. And, and voters made that decision themselves. And all I'm guess is paying for it with the severance taxes and the record record breaking number. One more thing I want to mention, Shana. Many other states are out competing Texas right now in carbon capture and storage projects. Uh, they're they're further ahead. They have the permitting that they need. They have a process to where landowners cannot be stymied by a small group when landowners want to develop their, their poor space. And so I think this is important because it's important to all the entire manufacturing base. It's important to people that move goods to our homes now as we're buying more online. It's important to the world and Texas can lead, but that's, that's kind of, we're behind right now and we need to catch up. So Todd, we've talked a little bit about national perspective. We've talked about our state perspective. Let's Let's get broader. Let's talk about our global perspective and how Texas factors into that energy security. I think you and our listeners would agree that natural resources, fuels, and essential products produced here in Texas are saving lives. They're shaping communities, growing economies, and restoring stability. And so you said that energy leadership starts in Texas. Let's let's expand on that, if you would. Well, Shana, anyone that's watching the news even casually today reads the headlines of all the unrest going on around the world today. And there is a need for reliable, sustainably produced oil and natural gas and to have trading partners that can deliver. It's just never been more crucial. I want to say that Texas is that trade partner. Texas is the leader. We've, we've identified that. Indeed, American energy leadership starts right here in the Lone Star State. Our producers, our pipelines, our refiners, our service companies, and our LNG facilities, along with our exporters, are answering the call to alleviate a global energy crisis that's been made worse by war. So we've been hearing a lot in the past week or so about the Biden administration's decision to put a pause on LNG exports, which... I think we're all very disheartened by, and it's really impactful to Texas, and here's why. Um, I have a good stat for you. Texas LNG exports to Europe, 6.8 billion cubic feet per day in 2023, and that's more than double the record uh, that was at record high. Again, that October month was just very important to Texas. October, October 2023. Yeah. Everyone needs to remember that, right? Absolutely. Because um, it was, we reached a record of 8.1 billion cubic feet per day. And so why are these numbers so important in this conversation? The reality is our allies across the globe are less dependent on hostile nations because of the work of men and women in America. They, they don't wear a military uniform but they wear a uniform every day when they're in coveralls and they're going out there and producing and transporting and refining the oil and natural gas that really is ushering in a whole new level of economic security and, and energy freedom. And this is at risk when countries that depend on us hear our nation through our current administration to say, oh, I know you've all been planning and I know we said we're going to meet your needs, but wait a minute, let's put a halt on these things. CO2 emissions are declining worldwide because of LNG. It is displacing other sources of energy that have a much higher emissions threshold 
And so we need to get back to sending the right message to the entire world, to the investment community, to invest in America, and you'll have a bright future. I just, I want to wave an American flag right now. <laughs> you think we get a commission on selling bonds or anything right now? I mean, treasury bills, any, anything. I mean, it really is. We, I, I just think about it. I, I've had the privilege to visit other countries, and no, nothing compares to what we have here. Our air quality is improving. Our water quality is improving. Uh, you know, oil and natural gas is produced with multiple layers of steel and cement. Absolutely. And, and, you know, if there's a problem, we're investing in solutions. And I'm, I'm excited about the future because of that. Well, Todd, as we let these new numbers sink in for our listeners today, I want to reiterate that the growth that we've seen in Texas is not just unprecedented, it is not guaranteed. Shana, a call to slow down oil and gas, a call to stop oil and gas is really a call to lessen the funding for Texas schools. It's a call to lessen the funding for road construction in Texas. It's a call to uh, lower funding for our universities. The call to get rid of oil and gas is a call for a higher cost for consumers, higher cost for energy. I'm not making this up because these numbers are real. These jobs are real. Families depend upon them. And our world is better today because of oil and natural gas. And when we need a solution, we're finding that. I got to say it again. American energy leadership starts in Texas. Let's keep it that way. Todd, I obviously couldn't say it better myself. So um, I'm really glad that we had this uh, conversation today. So now after a quick break, we're going to have a special treat for our listeners. I want to bring Dr. Dean Foreman, Texoga's chief economist, into our conversation and give us his Foreman's Four. As we discussed before, Dr. Foreman will join us every month to give us highlights he thinks our listeners should know about. And he also puts out weekly chart books, monthly reviews, and quarterly outlooks. You can check all of those out at texoga.org economics. We'll be right back. So the Texas Oil and Gas Association Workers' Compensation Safety Group gives a group member a premium discount based on the premium of the entire group, regardless of individual premium size. Eligible policyholders can earn an additional discount by participating in the Texas Mutual Insurance Company's Worker Comp Healthcare Network. I also encourage our listeners to visit texogainsurance.com. We're so glad to have on the program today, Dr. Dean Foreman, the Chief Economist for the Texas Oil and Gas Association. I've had the opportunity to work with Dean over several years, and it's always been a great experience. He breaks down the numbers in a way that uh, everyone can understand them. Dr. Foreman, glad to have you on the program today. Todd, Shannon, thanks so much for having me. You bet. You're going to talk to us about the four most important things that our listeners need to hear. What's the first point that you want to break down for us today? Absolutely. And it's really timely. It's this linkage between the economy and energy, both in the United States and globally. And if you've been watching the headlines the last couple of weeks, you probably noticed the economic news in the United States and in China has exceeded expectations. So just like last year, people came in expecting things to slow. And here it is with resounding strength through the end of last year. And that's caused this week, just in the last couple of days, the International Monetary Fund, and they'll be followed by others, the official forecasts now have been upgraded for this year. So we're looking at pretty strong growth, and that's prospectively positive for both oil and natural gas demand at home and abroad. Those improved numbers that they're reporting are certainly good news. And your point is that energy growth and energy demand, economic growth, I guess, rather, and energy demand are intertwined. Absolutely. That's, that's important to recognize. It, it kind of continues the theme that 
Shane and I have been discussing. What's the second point here today? Well, let's talk about oil markets next, because this is really interesting. Your rule of thumb would be for every 1% the global economy grows, that's roughly divide by two, a half million barrels per day, more oil that you need this year compared with the last year. The official estimates right now, and there's the economic uncertainty and the changes, but the estimates that were created before the upgrade in the economy ranged from 0.6 million barrels per day, so 600,000 barrels per day of growth this year globally, up to 2.3 million barrels per day. So a difference of four among official sources. And the weakest of those is the U.S. Energy Information Administration, or EIA, at only 0.6 million barrels per day of growth. And the notable thing about that is it's a record. So global demand this year by EIA, the lowest among all the sources, expects to be 102.5 million barrels per day and growing next year to 103.7. So this is serious investment, serious demand. It says the economy is solid and on track, and we need more energy for human and economic development. So, Dean, this is contrary to a theme that we've heard the past few years about peak demand and, it's, 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 and oil and gas is going away and then energy needs are, but what you're saying really is that we've had record oil demand projections that have been revised to reflect the circumstances on the ground that you're tracking. That's exactly right. And that leads us to our third point, which is natural gas in kind of the same boat. And there's an additional overlay for natural gas and that's geopolitics. So think about Russia's war in Ukraine over the last couple of years, Israel, Hamas, and what that's done in shutting down the Leviathan field offshore Israel the conflict in Mozambique and what that's done to impede liquefied natural gas development offshore from, from that part of Africa. What you're looking at is still, despite all of that and the price shock, everything that's happened in Europe with it losing 30% of its gas supplies, record 400 billion cubic feet per day for the International Energy Agency, over 400 billion cubic feet per day of global demand for natural gas and growing both this year and next, consecutive records for three years straight. This is a big deal. And it says that both oil and gas are imperative, both for transportation in the economy, heating and industrial uses, it's integral. So it comes back to our first point about being intertwined, but it's so important and it requires a lot of investment and really thoughtful energy policies to make this happen. Well, you, you mentioned thoughtful energy policies and I, I just can't help but think about the, the, the halt on LNG federal exports when you just described the growing need for, for natural gas. Absolutely. And this segues into our fourth point, which is the importance of Texas in that environment, both for domestic supply and for exports. And you know, just a factoid, if we take for oil and gas separately, the top eight producing states, for oil, three of those are in decline right now. For natural gas, three are also in decline. It's a different three. But if you look at for states that have little or no growth, it's five of the eight. Texas, as you were talking about earlier, is hitting these records in terms of growth. You know, record amounts of oil and gas production and natural gas liquids extraction and use. So this is really important because it says that Texas is the pillar for the energy revolution in the United States. It's really the future for U.S. and global energy here. We're shouldering the burden. And I think based on what you're saying, we could see some really big numbers next year when we, in terms of production um, and what uh, the industry will pay to the state next year based on kind of what the outlook that you're telling us about right now. 
You never say never, but it certainly looks that way. The price environment will matter, but it's okay. bullish based on where the economy is going. Again, there's no form of economic activity without energy and oil and gas are integral to it. And we, all the numbers we've discussed today, the, the, the four points that Dean just made with us, I, I think about our rig count is lower this year than it was the previous year. And so, you know, what next year's going to look like? We don't know. If we did, we'd all be retired. We'd be on separate <laughs> islands and, and zooming in with one another. But the reality is we need policies that continue this growth. We know that the world's demand for energy is growing, as Dean has pointed out. Uh, and this sends the signal that we need to allow our companies to invest and give them certainty when they invest so that they can create the jobs and that we can all benefit from it. Dr. Foreman, the four points that I've wrote down that you talked about, economic growth and energy demand are intertwined. We've got record oil demand projections. Uh, natural gas demand and global events are shaping our world and shaping our, our whole structure of delivery. And then American energy leadership starts in Texas as well. That's the way I interpreted that fourth point. You really, I think these are helpful to, to us all to understand Texas' role in the entire global supply chain. Important and growing, no question about it. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thanks again. I want to remind our listeners to be sure to visit texoga.org. If you miss some numbers, um, you can always rewind, but uh, you can find all of our data on our website, texoga.org, if you'd like to learn more. Um, also, be sure to follow us on all your social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. And obviously, be sure to join us for our next episode. Um, and if you like what you heard or you have topics you want us to explore, um, send those in um, and subscribe to Texoga Talks. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Shana. And thank you, Dean. And thank you for listening. Please send those topics in. We look forward to talking about how Texas is leading the world. Welcome to Texoga Talks, where energy meets insight. We look forward to visiting again soon. The views expressed on this podcast are not intended and should not be construed to be the views of any particular Texoga member or company. The purpose of this podcast is to engage in candid conversations about energy needs, energy security, and the future of energy.